0: Welcome, everybody, to Common Sense Christianity. I'm Ethan Foster, your host today. Happy Easter Sunday, y'all. It is not our topic for today. We have a pretty long episode planned for you today. Uh, maybe it will be shorter. Usually, whenever I give, like, a time statement for how long the episode's going to be, it goes the exact opposite way, so we'll see. We are responding to Jeff Durbin and Apologia Studios' criticism of my dear friends, uh, Sean McCraney and Sarah Young of Heart of the Matter and CheckMyChurch.org, both ministries I am associated with, especially the first one mentioned. Obviously, I do a show on their YouTube channel. And so this hits me personally here today, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm going to try and keep as calm about it as possible on the the spirit work. We have a quick audio clip that we're going to play to make a point, and we have a whole article written by Sarah Young on her fantastic website, CheckMyChurch.org, Org. You should definitely check it out and request a church that you want to be checked. There's a very good job over there, so go check it out. Uh, so it's been probably almost two weeks now since this video was released. And I've since I've been on vacation, been on spring break, I have not had the time to respond to it in full, in the full detail that I wanted to do it in. So I am doing it now. And I want you guys to go watch the video itself. I'll have it in the link in the description and watch the basically hate documentary that Jason Wallace released about Sean McCranny on Apologia Studios' YouTube channel. Jason originally released it back in 2018 on his uh, YouTube channel, Ancient Past TV, but then Apologia, after discussing Sean McCranny, uh, put it on their YouTube channel, and I sat through the whole thing. I sat through both of the videos they put up about him to get the best perspective possible. And I'm going to be honest, it may be very angry at first, but of course the Lord is working on my heart as he does with everyone uh, in it. And I hope that Jeff uh, Durbin and the crew over there are doing it out out of the sincerity of their hearts. So quickly, this is only a few seconds of a clip of the beginning of their show. It's at minute 2258 where they actually get into the topic, and I'm just going to play it really quickly. Christians, here we go. Sean McCraney, Utah, ex-evangelical, ex-Mormon, denies all of biblical orthodoxy, the historic Christian faith, all of the things that bind us together. I will just say quickly, I read Jude 3 at the beginning of this episode because early in the Christian church, there was the call for the Christians to earnestly contend for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. So there was a faith that could be defended. Was oh, a faith that was oh, known. Okay, okay. So that's all we're going to play. That's all from this entire episode I'm going to play. I'm going to get this sticking point of a frequent frequent religious philosophy that I I despise in very many ways, and that's Calvinism, obviously. Calvinism wasn't brought forth until the 15th century, uh, or, well, the 1500s, 1600s, but John Calvin, at that time, was it biblical orthodoxy? Was it the historic Christian church that he was pronouncing? It wasn't, obviously, because if it was the historic Christian church, then there would be no need for John Calvin to intersect um, with Calvinism. Now, what Calvinists will say is, oh, John Calvin, he's just saying what the Bible says. Well, that's exactly what Sean says. And throughout this episode, what Jeff has just stated here, he continues to state without context, Sean denies the Trinity. What does he deny about the Trinity? He never says in this entire episode. He never gives light on it. I know what he denies about the Trinity. He denies credo-Trinitarianism. If I were to explain it. Uh, I would explain it like this. In the Trinitarian view, the concept derives that there are three co-equal eternal persons that exist in the same form from eternity to eternity, from Father, Son, Holy Spirit, existing equally as separate beings and separate personages, but acting as in the essence of one God. And their forms do not change. The Father is always the Father. The Son is always the Son. The Holy Spirit is always the as always the Holy Spirit, they were never intertwined. They were always separate but equal and always one God. You see how confusing that is? It's confusing even to me. And I'm not saying I deny the Trinity, but Sean's view is, yes, there is three separate personages, but in the beginning there was just the father. So some sort of modalism is basically what he preaches. It is just one thing. He thinks that Jesus, the son, as described in John 1, his interpretation of what the word is, is the literal word of God. And as I have explained in the show, that does directly go with ancient Jewish beliefs of the soul being connected to the breath of the body. It makes perfect sense in terms of ancient Judaism. So there's nothing wrong with it. I personally don't know whether I agree with that view or not. And that's fine. It has nothing to do with salvation. The Trinity wasn't a concept that made, or at least turned into a word, until the 300s. So before that, were the people that were leading the church Christians? Because there is the only book of the Bible that really describes God as a Trinity, to my knowledge, is the Gospel of John. Without that, the concept of the Trinity wouldn't even be in existence. You can't find it anywhere else. Yeah, you can say God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You can find those other places. But the main meat of the Trinity is in one book of the New Testament, just one. So uh, there's a problem there for Jeff. Because if we are to put our faith on historical faith and tradition rather than the scriptures and lead letting God lead us to our different interpretations of them, That creates a dilemma for what the Christian church is. And that creates a dilemma for his belief in Calvinism, which didn't exist prior to the 16th century. And that is the issue. Because it is all right if someone goes and gets all biblical known tradition for their view. But it is not all right if someone does it in the modern day. It's all right if John Calvin does it in the 15th and 16th century. Well, in the 16th and 17th century. But it is not all right when Sean McCraney does it in the 21st century. You see the absolute hypocrisy in that. Obviously, I do. But unfortunately, the Calvinists don't. Jude, verse 3 says, Having made all this uh, diligence to write to you about the common salvation, beloved, I had need to write to you to exhort you to contend earnestly for the faith once delivered to the saints. For certain men crept in secretly, those having been of old, marked out to this condemnation, ungodly ones, perverting the grace of God for a brittle lust, and denying the only Master God, even our Lord Jesus Christ. Does Sean do any of these things? Does he deny the Lord Jesus Christ? He believes Jesus is God. Just as the Bible says, the three main differences between Sean And Orthodox Christianity are are eternal punishment, are eschatology, which I fully agree with them, and the Trinity, which the Trinity, there's very mild disagreements, but they are blown out of proportion by Orthodox Christians. With the eternal punishment part, if you go to the original Greek, it is an easily justifiable position that I disagree with in many aspects. Uh, I, I personally, I am an annihilationist in the original existence of hell, but since I'm a full preterist now, then hell has been thrown into a lake of fire and that's a different topic. We'll get into it later. Uh, so, so what does that have to do with salvation? What does that have to do with John three sixteen, Ephesians 2, 8? Any of the verses that deal with our salvation? What does that have to do with Christ's blood? <sighs> Jeff repeatedly calls Sean a dangerous man. And this shows the absolute ridiculousness of modern-day Christianity. When you think a man is dangerous for teaching something different, he has not hit the core on what Christ's salvation does. In fact, uh, he says that Christ paid for the sins of the world, which is absolutely correct if you read John in what the Scripture says. And we'll get into that later. He's not a universalist but they mock the idea of universal atonement. They mock the idea that Christ came for everybody and not just the sins of the elect. They mock these ideas and not deal with them contextually. Sean has invited Jeff on his program numerous times with no response. At least James White did it. At least he was willing to have the discussion. I mean, even Jason Wallace, who Jeff later had on the program to talk about Sean, has been on the program. Uh, twice, I believe. Um, at least they'll do that. But Jeff won't even interact with Sean. And I bet you, if I email him, I wouldn't. He wouldn't interact with me either. I'm sure he knows who I am. I'm sure he looked through the channel uh, before he did that episode. I'm sure of it. They won't mention me because I haven't really directly attacked them. But but it's coming. It really is. And I'm trying to let the spirit of the Lord guide me here. But it is a difficult position because I do not mind constructive criticism. If someone takes one of these episodes and constructively criticizes the things that I say through the Bible and through the context, Godspeed God with them, I will do a response. I will say where I, where I disagree with them or if they change my mind. But if you attack someone, not only personally, but wrongly, they attacked Sean wrongly, then that is is an absolute embarrassment to the faith. And when we come back after this short break, uh, we will read what Sarah Young wrote, and it will be quite interesting to you here, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back after this quick announcement. Thank you all for listening to this episode. Be sure to share it and subscribe to us, and uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you listen to us there. Uh, Make sure to check out Christian Anarchy today, and for this specific episode, we will be uh, having the links to Sean's response to Jeff Durbin, as well as a Jeff Durbin episode from Apologia Studios, and uh, the basically what I call a Sean McCraney hate episode, uh, The Bible versus Sean McCraney. It's basically a mini-documentary by Jason Wallace. We will have it all linked in the description below. Be sure to check it out so you know exactly what I'm talking about. We do not want to be like them. And leave you out of context. So be sure to check it out and let the spirit lead and let God lead you and everything. Enjoy the rest of the episode. All right, welcome back, everybody. We are going to checkmychurch.org by an article written four days ago by Sarah Leanne Young. It's a 10-minute read, so we'll try and get through this, and I'll try not to bore you out too much. She says, uh, well, the title of it is Responding to Jeff Durbin in Apologia Church. It says, okay, church checkers, it's time I published something in response to Jeff Durbin of Apologia Church down in Mesa, Arizona. I've been struggling to decide whether to put this response in writing, in a recording, or both. I finally settled on both. So let's get this party started, shall we? Now, a quick break from this. Uh, in the episode against Sean McCrany, uh, Jeff Durbin goes on this tangent, I guess you can say, against this poor woman that he calls. Uh, And he never says her name, I believe. But I knew exactly who he was talking about when he described the person being a church checker and sending a bunch of these questions. What Sarah does, she sends a list of comprehensive questions to churches to have them answer it for her website and basically checks them and reviews them. And it's very helpful if you want to find a good church or see what churches is to stay away from. So the, the subtitle of this is context is key and concerning. We'll start with the context because the context of this situation is very important for people to know. A few weeks ago, one of our dear friends and brothers in Christ, Michael Lake, who I have no idea who that is, Requested that I check Apologia Church in Mesa, Arizona. He's been searching for some ex-Mormon Christian support for a while. And one of his friends recommended Apologia Church to him since they have a popular Mormon ministry. And fun fact, guys, I watched Apologia Studios well before I watched Sean Cranny. I've been watching them for probably about four years now. Continues on to say, Michael Lake is a true blue church checker, folks. He's volunteered with us in the past and continues to be great blessing to CMC. But the important fact to note here is that a friend was recommending the Apologia Church to him, and he was doing his own personal research on them before a church check for them was even a consideration for me. Mike was investigating his on his own behalf for his own spiritual interest, and once he found some information that was concerning to him, he contacted me. By the way, Mike was giving me permission, blah, 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 blah um that's not important to read ladies and gentlemen because it's an article and again we'll have this in the link in the description uh the next subtitle says the red flag rears its ugly head when mike contacted me he explained how he was looking into Apologia church for their mormon ministry but that he found some articles on them that raised the red flag and that's when he officially asked uh check my church To write a report on them, and then it links the concerning articles that they found. Uh, If true, these accusations will lead anyone to conclude that Apologia church is spiritually abusive to its members. Not only is it dishonest and insidious, and possibly illegal to record someone without their knowledge or consent, but it betrays the trust of church members put in their church leadership. They confide in the and and reveal their private information to their pastors. This kind of behavior clearly violates that trust and should be confronted at the very least. Now, if you are familiar with Apologia Studios, you know that their Calvinism allows them to be a very legalistic organization, ladies and gentlemen. And subsequently, there needs to be enforcement of sin according to the Apostolic Church. The letters that Paul written to Timothy and to the Church of Thessalonica Thessalonica, I can't even say it, been out of Sunday school for too long, let's try it again, Thessalonica, there we go, Uh, I'm not stupid guys, just have a problem with pronouncing things as always, Um, but yeah, they need to enforce it, so in order to do that, they have to catch the people's sins to make sure they are living a holy and clean life, so the article has another subtitle, arriving at the truth. At this point, I had to find out if these accusations were true. If not several people are lying and slandering Apologia Church for some reason, but if they are true, a lot of our brothers and sisters in Christ could experience abuse at the hands of this church leadership. Even as I type these words, if true, as a member of Apologia Church, you can't trust your own pastors to honestly and respectfully shepherd you as a child of God. You don't know if your conversations with leadership about your martyrs uh, marital problems, your struggles with addiction, or your disagreements with fellow church members are being recorded and then saves lying and wait to be used against you later for whatever purpose, apology, church or jeff, Durbin deemed necessary. I could not, in good conscience, share this information with others without first determining that such heartbreaking and devastating abuse can be verified with proof. And unfortunately, it didn't take long to find it. In an Apologia, an Apologia Studios episode entitled Special Responding to False Witness, Jeff Durbin admits a, to a recording phone call from Tim Hurd, who I have absolutely no idea who that is, without his knowledge or consent recording her confessing his sins against Durbin and Apologia Church. Jeff Durbin also admits to being the one who anonymously posted the recorded discussion on YouTube rather than putting it out under his own name or ministry name. So Jeff Durbin here, ladies and gentlemen, seems to be recording his members without their consent, which is illegal, not only, but we'll focus on the biblical aspects of it. But... Also, posting it to YouTube to publicly shame them. Unfortunately, publicly shaming people for their sins, uh, churches still practice because they misinterpret the biblical passage. And again, this is a problem with the apostolic church it's used today. Not then, but today. The point of it then was to prepare the uh, Christ bride for Christ's second coming. But if you are a futurist, this is the dilemma you must face. You have to practice these things because you have no philosophical or religious or contextual basis to ignore them otherwise. And it's not ignoring, but it's not effective today. And what will be the purpose of Christ has already came. Besides that, on a common sense aspect, Jeff Durbin knows that that was a stupid decision and knows that he was wrong for that. He wronged a brother in Christ. I don't care what Tim Heard did. I don't even know who he is. I don't care what he did. That's just wrong, him confessing his sins. Confessing sins to another brother should be between you and that brother. And that's just a general rule that should be had. It continues on this state. We also see in this video that others posted by Tim Heard that James White admits to hearing the phone call recording, the nature of which White divulges his knowledge Is very off-putting to me. But listen to the episode for yourself and discern what he meant when White directs a third party to tell Tim her via Facebook Messenger, I heard the phone call, Tim. Jeff Durbin excuses all of his behavior by saying, uh, the recording acts as a witness, quote-unquote, a witness to the discussions he has with people, almost as if it attests to good leadership, pastoral care rather than what i see it uh, it as abuse dishonesty and ultimately entrapment he also u- excuses it by saying her had been abusing him in his ministry for years as if that justifies even if true vengeance and vindictive retaliation let's say if the lord vengeance is up to me is that not what the scripture says jeff durbin but no we are the heretics we are the cult followers we are the cult leaders But you secretly record your members and then justify it by how he has treated you. What does the Bible say? What does it say? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It's all through there. And even if God didn't say that, aren't we supposed to be forgiving? Aren't we supposed to be forgiving, ladies and gentlemen? Or are we going to only say that for convenience? It is false Christianity to turn to a brother and say, you are not a Christian because you disagree with me. But then turn around and deny the very principle of Christianity, the very principle of secrecy, of covetedness, of pride, and later uh, lack of self-control. I want to emphasize this to you, my audience. Because this is the very definition of hypocrisy. Jeff Durbin is a Pharisee, and I accuse him fully of it. Of being religiously proud, of being religiously smart, but not following what the law of God says. And the law of God is based on two things, according to Matthew 22, verse 36. What are the two greatest commandments? To love God and love others. For these, all the laws and the prophets are based on these. If I remember this correctly. Gets to the general point. The religious proud, that is being religiously proud and morally dishonest. And if he would have come up and publicly apologized for that and not use excuses to justify his erratic behavior, unjustified behavior, unchristian behavior, then I would be fine and I wouldn't be having this discussion right now. But the fact that he tries to justify his sin and his uh, unpure actions is my exact problem right here. And this is why I get so frustrated with evangelicalism and the Reformed Baptists and the Calvinists. They see themselves as so proud. They see themselves as so holy. They see themselves as something else, something to behold. And they attack, and they attack, and they attack. They attack your friends. They attack your brothers and sisters that you know, that you know are Christians and have a heart that seek God. But yet, because they disagree with what the church father said, not what Paul says, not what Jesus says, but what the church father said, Augustine and St. Augustine, and what they say because they are followers of God. They have to be. John Calvin the guy that burnt people for disagreeing with them. Burnt them at the stake. Set up a religious theocracy in Geneva. He he was a follower of God. But Sean McCraney, who is one of the most loving men I've ever met. Who has questions about the Trinity. Who says Jesus' second coming already happened according to Scripture and Scripture alone. Whatever happened to Sola Scriptura? And then by Scripture says eternal punishment is a misconception in Christianity. He's not a Christian, but John Calvin, who burnt people for disagreeing with him. He's a a pioneer of the faith and a pioneer of the Reformation. It is totally hypocritical and idiotic for anyone to suggest that. And that is why I cannot stand evangelical Christianity. I cannot stand establishment Christianity. Because at the heart of it uh, relies hypocrisy lies, uh, covetedness, lies, pride, everything that Jesus stood against. That is what makes me angry in the flesh. It's not a righteous anger I have right now. I have to take this to God, but at least I am willing to admit it. Continuing on, hearing the omission of this behavior from Durbin's own mouth is proof that it's happened at least one time uh, as referred in the article. Michael Lake found above, there are several others who claim they have been secretly recorded as well. While well, the writers and reporters at Pulpit and Penn have attempted to contact Jeff Durbin for a one-on-one interview regarding the matters, he has declined to engage with them. So he he's a coward, is what I'm reading from this. Jeff Durbin's a coward. He refuses to engage with his criticism, with the people that criticize him. Jesus, he's denied Sean. He'll he'll, he'll attack him all day, but he won't go on his show. If Jeff Jeff Durbin would offer me a flight down to Arizona, I'd be right on his show. If he wanted to come on my show, he'd be right on here, believe it or not. In fact, I'm thinking about inviting him. I may not. I may may do it. It may be a waste of my time. I might do it over the summer. I'm going to try and get a bunch of interviews uh, this summer when I have time to do them. But it's just this game that we play with these so-called brothers in the faith. And notice how I never denied Jeff Durbin's Christianity. Not based on his doctrine. Not based on his Calvinism. But based on the actions of not the regular sins that people commit, but on his heart. That is what I judge it by. Fortunately, only God can judge the heart. So... I will take Jeff German sincerely in saying that he loves the Lord God. But his actions make it very, very hard for me to believe that. But I won't deny his Christianity because I will not be a hypocrite. I refuse. And the next subtitle, the usual then something highly unusual. So after learning all of this, I put together my church check template and got to work. I did what I always do. I put an email together and sent it off to Apologia Church with my usual list of questions for the church after several days and no re- response, which is usual, she says. Uh, I tracked down another email address for Jeff Durbin and sent him an email. I thought maybe he wasn't responding because my questions were too many and time-consuming, so I narrowed them down to the most important and difficult to find uh, questions about membership and financial transparency. Another five days passed and still no response from either Apologia Church or Jeff Durbin. So I sent a follow up email on the 21st to the church's contact email. I will sometimes do this as a last ditch effort to get the church to respond to me and let them. And no, if they don't, I'm forced to find the answers myself. And if they do, it reflects more positively because it shows church transparency. But this time I mentioned I wanted to give Apologia and Durbin an opportunity to respond to the information I found at Pulpit and Pen. If they don't engage with me, I'm forced to investigate matters for myself as I'm usually forced to do. And what I found was pretty concerning. I didn't want to publish anything without letting them know about it first. This heads up, I believe, is what prompted Luke Pearson, one of the elders at Apologia Church to interrupt Jeff Durbin's busy schedule. I think uh, they'd already decided on the 11th that they would not answer my questions, but once I brought up the accusations against them on the 21st and mentioned that I fo- found some controversial things about them, they perceived that as a threat. The response uh, to the so-called threat raises another f- red flag for me. Keep in mind that they ignored me for 12 days and probably would have continued to ignore me had I not mentioned what I found uh, about them on PMP. If the and if the accusations are really false, this was your opportunity to clear it up. This was their time. Whether they like what I what I'm doing or agree with me in any category of the faith at all, I was asking questions about real accusations that they have been logged, have logged against Apologia Church and Jeff Durbin, and the best way to put lies to rest is to refute him. But that's not what happened. So before we get to the rest of this, I'm going to attempt to read the email that she sent them as a last-ditch effort and read Jeff Durbin's response, but it's very small print, so I may give up halfway through. Uh, So just giving you that warning. After 12 days of silence, once I mentioned the PNP news and Tim Herb's warnings uh, to Apologia Church members, I was answered within 24 hours. The very next day on the 22nd, Jeff Durbin finally responded to me. His response was both jarring and confusing. As you can see, rather than answering any of my questions, Jeff ignored them and leveled his own accusations against me personally, and against our brother in Christ, Sean McCraney of Campus Church in Marie, Utah. So here's what she says. Happy Sunday. I wanted to follow up to see if anyone has received my request and if anyone will answer my questions. I tried emailing Jeff through other email address I found, Sheila's email, and haven't received a response from there either. Please let me know if I continue to be ignored. I will have to research the answers myself. I would like to give apology at Church the opportunity to give their comment to any potentially controversial issues, such as the arguments with Tim Hurd and PNP Reports. God bless, Sarah Young. Jeff Durbin responds, Hi, Sarah. Thank you for your messages. We've been incredibly busy with a lot of ministry obligations at the moment. Before we respond in any detail to your questions, both here and in response in the known Christian tabloid, uh, PMP, may I ask a question? I noted on your side that you're claiming to be a church watchdog site. However, I noticed that you're with Sean McCranny. Is this current? McCraney is a known cult leader who denies virtually all the essentials of orthodox and biblical faith. So, in essence, my question is, how are you in a position to be a church watchdog organization when you are a member of a known cult that denies historic and biblical Christian faith? In other words, not yourself part of a Christian church. Thank you so much for the response. I apologize if this is a jolting question. I mean it in good faith and deep concern for those under the teaching of such a dangerous man. How ridiculous. I'm going to look up the definition of a Christian cult. Christian cult definition. Because I know the definition is different. Christian cults are a new religious movement which have Christian background but are considered to be theologically deviant by members of other Christian churches. So it's not the historical definition of a cult. The Christian cult definition which is the definition that in Jeff Durbin's episode I will admit he said he used um it Sean's teachings are mostly within the Christian orthodoxy believe it or not but but you get so lost in the other things that you don't notice that we all preach saved by grace through faith and the gospel that is the gospel nothing more nothing less Anything more and less is added to by men. Men who are not the apostles. What the apostles preached is saved by grace through faith and had ordinances and rules for the specific churches they were writing to. We don't practice 1 Corinthians 11 anymore. Read it yourself, ladies and gentlemen. See, what church on earth practices 1 Corinthians 11? I can read it to you. I can pull it up right now. I really want you to. Are you biblical literalists? And saying that, oh, since we don't do things like the, the uh, apostles did, we're a cult. Well, I know Jeff's church doesn't do these things. Let me pull it up. It's hard to navigate my Bible since it's uh, it's so big in, in Greek and English. But I'm going to take the time to do this because I find it really important be intimidators of me as I also of Christ. But, brothers, I praise you that in all things you will remember me, even as I delivered to you, you hold fast to the tradition. But I want you to know that Christ is the head of every man and the man, and the head of every woman, and God is the head of every, every Christ. of Christ. Okay? No, nothing disagreeable, nothing controversial. Every man praying or prophesying, having anything down over his head, shames his head. So, a a hat is shameful. Uh, Jeff Durbin, if you've ever wore a hat. Maybe I'm crazy, but maybe a guy on the show... A guy on the show is wearing a Chicago Bulls hat. On the very episode. I thought you just followed the Bible, Jeff. 1 Corinthians 11.4. Right there. Uh, And every woman praying or prophesying with the head uncovered shames her head for it is the same... As that uh, being shaved, so it's a sin for a woman to not have her head covered while praying, and it's a sin for her head to be shaved. Where are you, Jeff? Where are you? Where are you, Orthodox Christians? I'm reading the scripture right here. For if a woman is not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it, but if it is shameful for a woman to be shorn, or it be shaved. Let her be covered, for truly a man ought not to have the head covered, being the image and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. For man is not the woman, but woman of man. For also man was not created through the woman, but woman through the man. Because of this, the woman ought to have authority on the head because of the angels. However, man is not apart from the woman, nor the woman apart from man in the Lord. For as the woman is out of man, so also the man through the woman. But all things from God. You judge among yourselves, is it fitting for a woman to pray uh, to God uncovered? Or does it not a nature a nature herself to teach you that if a man indeed adorns the hair, it is a dishonor to him? But if a woman should adorn the hair, it is a glory to her, because long hair has been given to her instead of a veil. But if anyone thinks to be contentious, we do not have such a custom, nor does the churches of God. But enjoying this, I do not praise you, because you come together not for the better, but for the worse. Indeed, first I hear the divisions to be among you, when you have come together in the church, and I believe some part, for there must also be heresies among you, so that the approved ones may become manifest among you. Then you have, and then you having come together in one place, it is not to to eat the Lord's supper for each one takes his own supper first and the eating and the one is hungry and another drunken for do you not have houses to eat and to drink or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have not what do I say to you shall I praise you in this do I do I, uh, I do not praise for I receive from the Lord what is also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus in the night and it continues on from here. The rest of this is irrelevant. You got some good Bible reading there. But the point still stands. Jeff Durbin's co-host is in sin. Because he wore a hat. Proven by the Bible. Right there. You can read it yourself. Now, it could be a cultural aspect. But no. No. Jeff takes things out of context. Sola Scriptura, Sola Scriptura, Sola Scriptura. Idiotic. Absolutely hypocritical. No reasonable consistency in that view. There is a group of very loud legalists, it says, in the local church community with the strong distaste for Pastor Sean McCraney and his ultra-libertarian Christian views and his unorthodox positions on things like eschatology and the trinity. Jeff Durbin is one of these people, and personally, I think he saw my aff- affiliation with McCraney as a way out. He called me a cult member, and McCranny as a known cult leader. These claims actually make me laugh out loud. Anyone who knows anything about Campus Church or Sean McCranny knows that there is no danger of cult-like practices or treatment with them. For Pete's sake, Sean practically begs people not to believe him and do their own research every Sunday. Does that sound like a cult to you? And this is exactly correct. I attend Sean's... Uh, Bible study at campus regularly. Uh, I work there. I work with the ministry. I'm not paid, but I'm a volunteer. Uh, and I quite enjoy it. I learn a lot from Sean. We disagree on a lot of stuff. But that is the beauty of campus. The beauty of what church should be. You question the pastor. He has a Q&A segment at, every, uh, end, uh, at the end of every one of his Bible studies. And the members challenge him, especially in first service. There's one lady that always challenges him. I've challenged him too, in private, on the show that we do, of three different people, three different backgrounds, three different perspectives. We agree on a lot of things, but we disagree on others. That's not a cult. A cult has one guy that's always right that leads to church and heresy. That's the Christian definition of cult. Uh, but you can check out campus yourself. I'll put the link to, in the description for that as well. Use your own skills of deter- discernment and investigation to deter- determine whether this claim holds any water. Uh, so it it continues down here. So she will skip ahead, and it goes to the slander escalates. Even though I responded to Durbin's accusations promptly and in the matter that I think that is very reasonable. Uh, see here response below we'll have the link to uh to this so you can read it i'm not going to read it he ignored me and has continued to ignore me from the time i sent this email additionally he and his cohorts luke and joy of apologia church so the guy wearing the hat's name is luke i'm assuming hoped on hopped on their podcast apologia studios and aired an entire hour-long episode about how sean McCraney is a cult leader and apostate and etc and we will continue with this read for the rest of this article in the next segment after this quick short break keep the ministry and prayers i'm trying to work on my book guys and gonna get, get out to you as soon as possible keep me in prayers keep our content and everything uh pray, pray then uh, we will continue to get it out to you. I appreciate the prayers. I appreciate the insights. Email me at podcast at gmail.com, and enjoy the rest of the episode. All right, so we're going to go in and continue on and give some final points, and hopefully this is the last segment. It gives me a 30-minute time limit for each segment, so we were running at 27 minutes for the last segment, so I did, decided to just end it before it continued on. Um, So the quotes that Jeff gave for Sean McGrady in there is a cult leader, an apostate, a charlatan. And she said, gasped that, J- Jeff, that kind of accusation can get you sued. And a very dangerous man, yeah, that can get you sued too. They also brought up my emails and checked my church, calling me lost in a member of a non-Christian cult. I mean... I sent them my statement of faith, read it for yourselves, and tell me if I forgot to include the final judgment, which makes me lost or a part of a cult. Jeff and Apologia Church didn't think it was important that I or Sean be aware of this public smearing. Then they published the episode on YouTube behind our backs without contacting either of us to let us know they would talk uh, about us or trying to hash out our differences one-on-one before going online and slandering us to thousands of people. You know, that whole Matthew 18 thing. Yeah, apparently that doesn't apply here. Because in the chaos and panic of being asked uncomfortable questions, godly behavior goes out the window. And anyway, I only saw the video because it was rec- it was a recommendation on my YouTube homepage, being that I recently watched some James White and Apologies Studios videos in my research. After watching the video, I jumped in the comments and asked why Jeff was ignoring my emails. Still... Which, wh- whoever operates Apologia Studios' YouTube channel, probably Jeff, tried to accuse me of lying. But you could see the email interactions for yourself, church Church checkers. And I wanted to take the time to go through these. Hopefully, I can find it really quickly here. There's a lot of comments on here. Uh, my co-host Steve commented on, uh, I was going to comment, but I didn't want to deal with all the harsh replies. Oh, my gosh. Oh, there it is. Uh, and these are very long, so I'm not going to read all of them. But uh, Sarah Collins, if you love me and have a it on your heart for me, why are you ignoring my emails, Jeff? This slander is so surprising. You never answered any of my questions and are misrepresenting McCranny and almost every claim that you make about him. I didn't make any threats. I wanted to give you an opportunity to give your side of the story in case... The information I found is untrue. Your silence on the matter is telling. We aren't measuring churches for biblical standards. People can see this for themselves on our website, checkmychurch.org. We're asking questions and providing as much information on churches as we can for local churchgoers. And then it keeps going. So then Apologia says, Jeff didn't of your emails. You know, and we know that is a lie, friend. He responded to you and has been gone for three days. We encourage you to think through what has been said. They say, also, uh, I've been waiting all week for a response. He responded to me one time after I reached out to Apology and Jeff through every platform and medium I could find. He called McCranny a cult leader and by affiliation, me a cult member. And then when I responded to him to explain how any of that is true and reiterated that I would like answers to my questions, I got no response. It is not a lie. He has time to post on social media and make long podcasts. Why can't he answer a few simple questions? Also, I certainly think through what I said. I hope apology things through what will be said in response. And um, uh, <coughs> God, COVID. Uh, why? And why are you ignoring my emails? Apologies, Studios writes, uh, quoting Sarah. Thank you for the admission that Jeff did, in fact, provide an initial response con- contrary to your initial fabrication above. So, look, guys, they're playing games here. They're they're just simply playing games. We can go through the first thing. She provides the evidence on her own website and how Apology Studios is lying in this regard. And and totally misrepresenting the information. It continues on to say, respectfully, if this is any indication of your investigative standards in your watchdog organization, we are suspicious. Jeff has been traveling. For three days, Monday through Wednesday from Texas as he mentioned in the show, he was bringing his grandchildren home. Sunday he was teaching teaching at church. Again respectfully he has priorities and responsibilities that far outweigh a quick response to your message. We encourage you to consider both the claims of the program as well as as the video from Pastor J Wallace. Uh, we also encourage you to raise your standards regarding making claims that are not grounded in truth you have been demonstrated to be willing to bear false witness. That is not only an indictment upon your watchdog or organization. It is, in fact, a sin and therefore not glorifying to the Savior. They sound pretty Mormon in that, don't they? The true Savior, friend, not the fiction McCraney has been teaching. What fiction is he teaching about Jesus? Name me one. Does Mr. McCraney not say we are saved by grace and faith? He says it every time. But yet they lie. They lie. As I have demonstrated time and time again. It is utterly ridiculous. (sighs) Apologia continues to say, for the record, he responded to you on the 22nd. It's the 25th. Waiting all week is a stretch, friend. Again, we encourage you to raise your standards. And they're playing stupid here. Because according to what Sarah said, she sent, actually, according to the emails that she has screenshotted on her website. Again, please, please check it out. And I want you guys to email me your thoughts on this, too. Common Sense Christianity podcast at gmail.com. We'll have that in the description, too. Uh, she uh, she responds, yes, that was Monday. It's nearly Friday. I don't think that's a stretch. And I don't understand why he wouldn't respond to me before going on a podcast to talk about me. Regardless, of my questions to be answered then? And it continues on. Uh, I'm, I'm done reading it because it's a waste of my brain cells to read such a thing. The read such a idiotic and in a Christian sense, disgusting thing that has been presented by Apology. A ministry that I've recommended for years. Before I went into podcasting, but when I first got into apologetics and into the ministry, I've been supportive of that ministry for a long time. And even through my critical phase of Calvinism. I still find many of the resources have been upheld and very well. Even when I knew they weren't too fond of Sean McCraney. I don't care if you're not. Many of my family members are not. I don't care about them. But a non first of all, the claim of a non-Christian cult member, calling us a cult member, there's no membership at Sean's church. I... I have a membership at a church that's not even Sean's church. It's the Point Church in Kearns, Utah. I go on Wednesday night uh, to a church in Sandy, Utah, which is also evangelical. The Point is loosely affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention. But uh, I go to this church on Sunday, and then I go from there to Sean's church, and then I record my podcast. And then on Wednesday, I go to a different church. So that's three total churches. Two of them with some sort of evangelical affiliation. But yet, I'm the cult member. Only two of them require memberships. And both of them are Orthodox Christian churches. What are you to say to this, Jeff? Absolutely idiotic. And I know Jeff isn't going to listen to this episode. I'm not relevant enough for it. But I still ask these questions. And I want you guys... To understand the points that I'm saying. And yes. I'm pissed off about it. I'm very angry about it. And it is going to be up to Christ. To change my heart. And to forgive them. In fact. I have no problem forgiving them. I publicly forgive them for it. Even though it has nothing to do with me. But it has to do with what he has done. To the ministry I work with. To misrepresenting a brother and sister in the Lord. And has to do with with Ms. representing two friends of mine i know both of these people especially sean i know sean very well i work with him week in and week out uh and i've met with sarah a couple of times and i'm currently helping her uh with a watchdog thing for one church it continues on with some of her thoughts which i will read here and then we will conclude the episode after all the chaos and bickering and the accusations, sean mccranny put out a response to Jeff Durbin's claims. Again, it will be in the description on Heart of the Matter this week. I'm responding to him here, and I responded to in my last email to him, but I'm going to sit down with Sean next month for a multi-part interview to ask him questions about his doctrinal views, his faith in Christ, and to discern for myself whether Campus Church or McCraney himself lines up with any definition of a cult that I can find. And when it comes out, I will let you guys know because it will be fantastic. Jeff Durbin, Jason Wallace, and anyone else claiming these things about Sean McCranny has yet to provide any truthful or accurate information showing that Sean McCranny is in fact a cult leader. They base their empty assertions on twisted half-truths and slanderous lies. I'm going to go on the record and ask McCranny as many probing and challenging questions as it can to determine once and for all what he believes and what he teaches and show and how he runs his ministry and whether he is in fact a cult leader. Well, Sean and I welcome Jeff to engage with us and speak with us on any of these issues and have multiple times in the past now. He continues to ignore us. He is still ignoring me while dishonestly accusing me of lying about that fact. He slanders his brother and sister in Christ and refuses to engage with us or any reason with us in any capacity. And last but not least, he still has, an- has answered none of our questions, church checkers. And while he has suggested on his podcast episode that no problem answering them and gives the impression that he did, he did not. You can check out the questions that she asked on her website. I will end there. It has been a roller coaster of an episode, uh, brothers and sisters, but I wanted to go through it for a couple of reasons. One, this is a problem with mainstream Christianity. Especially Calvinism. It shows you the true effect of it. And I've had this very thing hanging over my head for almost two weeks now. I listened to this episode right when it came out because I'm subscribed to their channel. And i watch watched their ministry quite a lot. And I was very upset by it. And I haven't talked to Sean yet about it. I will Tomorrow. But he had a very, very open and heartfelt response uh, on his show. Much more heartfelt than mine. Because it bothers me. Because when you are to criticize a brother in Christ, who uh, they don't even consider him a brother. So that's the first problem. You are to do it truthfully. Truthfully. That is the key. Truth is the key. And when you slander someone as a dangerous man for disagreeing with you, and don't even explain the context or what his disagreements are founded upon, then you, my friend, are misrepresenting and you, my friend, are in sin, and you need to be called to repentance in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. I need repentance for my anger. I, pu- I publicly admit it. I refuse to live in hypocrisy. I refuse. I will not allow that for myself but jeff and all his all his followers and all the followers of Calvinism need to do the same thing as every other man and woman that has had to do find the truth in christ and in the scriptures and don't let men like jeff durbin and the people who think that they know what the bible says stop you from doing that It's been a tough episode, guys. Stay in there. Have a great Easter Sunday. We will see you Wednesday here on Common Sense Christianity.